Matthew 5, 43 through 48 will be our opening text. Our Messiah speaking. This is the Sermon on the Mount. This is the last section in Matthew 5, and it's also the last section in the You have heard that it was said, but I say unto you. Beginning at verse 43. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward will you have? Don't even the tax collectors do the same? And if you only greet your brothers, what are you doing out of the ordinary? Don't even the Gentiles do the same? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. May Yahweh bless his word to our hearts today. Last week, we began to look at the commandment to love our enemies here in verses 43 through 44 of Matthew chapter 5. And we backtracked that to Exodus chapter 23, verses 4 through 5. I spent most of my time in the lesson last week showing how this commandment existed in the Older Testament. I also explained that the main point of this text is this. Yahweh loves and blesses his enemies every single day. So we ought to do the same as we imitate him. And that's the point I'm going to build on today is we're going to look at verses 45 through 48. So let's look at verse 44 and 45 to begin with, where Yeshua says, Love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. The point that Yeshua makes here is that something that you do shows you are a child of Yahweh. Something that you do. This is the good tree producing good fruit picture or analogy. If you belong to Yahweh, if he is your father, if you claim him as your father, if he truly is, you will do what he does if Yahweh is our Father in heaven, then we'll imitate him as his children. Being a son or daughter of Yahweh is not based upon your DNA, your genetics, or your bloodline. It is based upon your actions, how you conduct yourself, the things that you do. You're made a child of Yahweh by his mercy. He calls you out by his mercy. Romans 5, the Apostle Paul says, while we were yet enemies, we were reconciled to Yahweh by the death of his son. So you're called out or made a child by mercy, but the evidence that you are his child is shown by your actions, the things that you do, what you practice. You can be a genetic Israelite, but still be a son of the devil. Say, Brother Matthew, how can that be? Well, we have an example of this. You can read the beginning of the book of 1 Samuel. In 1 Samuel, we had some sons of a priest. The priest was named Eli. He wasn't a very good priest, but he was a Levite, thoroughbred, and his sons were Levites, thoroughbreds. And 
they were in line for the priesthood because the priesthood was based on Aaronic descent, genealogy from father to son. But yet these two boys, I believe their names were Hophni and Phinehas, they were called sons of Belial. Or some Bibles call them worthless men, but literally it's B'nai Belial. Uh, Belial is an alternate name for Satan, the devil, the dragon. Was it because Hophni and Phinehas had as their literal dad, Satan? No, it was because of their actions. What they did showed who they belonged to. On the flip side of that, you can be John Doe from Conyers, Georgia, like myself, who doesn't know his ancestry or lineage that far back, but yet you can show yourself a son of Yahweh or a daughter of Yahweh by your practicing righteousness. Amen. When we practice what Yahweh practices, it shows forth that we belong to Yahweh. This idea is picked up in the book of 1 John. My old pastor used to call it Little John. Big John was the Gospel of John. 1 John was Little John. But in 1 John 3, in verse 7, he tells us the one who does what is right is righteous, but the one who commits sin is of the devil. John goes on to say in verse 10, whoever does not do what is right is not of Yahweh. Then he talks about Cain from Genesis 4, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. Somebody asked me one time, did you know why Cain couldn't please Yahweh? I said, why? He said, because he wasn't able. <laughs> but 1 John chapter 3 says that Cain was of the evil one and he murdered his brother. Cain was jealous of Abel, his brother, A-B-E-L, he was jealous because Abel was accepted by Yahweh because he brought a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, Hebrews 11 tells us. But Cain was rejected because he brought an inferior, a lacking sacrifice to Yahweh. You meditate on that. He told Cain when Cain got upset and jealous at Abel, Yahweh told him, if you do what's right, will you not be accepted? But if you don't, sin is there crouching at the door. Cain did what was evil. His works showed forth who he belonged to. Once again, 1 John 3, 12, because his deeds were evil and his brothers were righteous. And it's still the same today. We know who is a child of Yahweh or a child of the devil based upon their actions. A person can say they love Yahweh or love God all they want to, but do not go by what somebody says. You go by what somebody does. That's how you know who's a child of Yahweh. I can say I love my wife, but my actions show whether or not I love her. I can say I'm here to help you as a friend, but my actions show whether or not I'm really your friend. We are not what we say. We are what we do. I'm going to say that again. We are not what we say. We are what we do. That's why Yeshua tells us, love your enemies. That's a verb. That's an action. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Those are things you do so that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. Notice what we do shows forth who we are a child of. Does loving our enemies make us like Yahweh? Or maybe I should ask it like this. How does loving our enemies make us like Yahweh?
Well, he tells us. Next part in verse 45. Look at it. For he, that's Yahweh, causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. This is the example that we get of how Yahweh loves his enemies. Sunshine and rain. Before service today, I didn't know what I was going to title this sermon. I always put a title on the website and I thought I'll title it, Spread a Little Sunshine. And it reminded me of that Andy Griffith episode where he and Barney are singing it to uh, the guy that owns the store next door. I can't remember his name right now. Goodness, kick myself for not remembering his name. But they sing that song, spread a little sunshine every day. Spread a little sunshine every day. Help someone along life's way. Spread a little sunshine every day. <laughs> and he doesn't like it <laughs> when they sing it to him. But this is how Yahweh shows his love towards his enemies, sunshine and rain. Now, we have to keep in mind here because I get misinterpreted by people a lot when I talk about this subject. Let me clarify this. Loving your enemies does not mean you love what they do. In reality, Yahweh loves and hates his enemies at the same time. In other words, if Yahweh's enemies die in their transgression, they will not be in the kingdom. He'll have to destroy them. But yet Ezekiel 18 tells us that he would rather them repent than be destroyed. So there's a love and hate thing going on simultaneously. Yahweh doesn't love what everybody does. Yahweh doesn't love a person when they are a thief, when they steal from people. Yahweh does not love when a man doesn't take care of his wife or when a wife doesn't submit to her husband. Yahweh does not love it when people bear false witness on others. Yahweh doesn't love it when people dishonor his name. And neither should we. Loving our enemies doesn't mean we become buddies with the world. That's not what this sermon's about. Loving our enemies is not we have to be buddy-buddy and close friends with the world. We learn er elsewhere in Scripture, I believe it's in the book of James, that a friendship with the world is an enmity or against Yahweh. That's speaking right there about being a close friend with a sinner. Not about being kind and friendly to sinners. We should be. But we can't be close friends with them, meaning we can't be such in a close relationship with them that they begin to rub off on what we are. And a lot of times that happens. In 1 Corinthians 15, the Apostle Paul says there at the end of that chapter that uh, bad company corrupts good morals. Uh, when you lie down with dogs, you wake up with fleas. That's how we say it in Georgia. Um, and he's talking about false doctrine in 1 Corinthians 15. But the principle is the same. You can't be a buddy-buddy, close friendship with somebody that is unrepentant. You can be kind to them. You can be nice to them. You can spread sunshine and rain in their life but you can't be a close friend with them. So there's a difference between being friendly, which is what this message is about, and being a close friend. We show all people love, yet we hate what some people do to Yahweh and what they do to their neighbor. We would like to see them repent and serve Yahweh, and therefore we're kind to them and merciful to them and gracious to them, and we help them when they need help, but we cannot participate in 
works of evil or works of unrighteousness. I hope that you understand that. So these verses are not asking us to condone sin or to okay bad behavior. These verses are asking us to have that common love or that common grace upon everyone that we meet. And we know that this is the case because the examples given are sunshine and rain. These are common blessings that everybody in the world partakes of. Everybody, no matter who you are or what you've done, everybody gets sunshine and rain. Sunshine and rain are necessary components to life. Without them, things die. The sun blesses us with warmth and energy and vitamin D, and it makes plants grow, which then in turn give us oxygen, enabling us to breathe. And the rain makes things grow as well, and it fills our rivers and our lakes, giving us water to drink. And these blessings of the sun and the rain are given to all peoples on the earth, regardless of who they are. They are given sunshine and rain. Sunshine and rain is given to commandment keepers, and it's given to commandment breakers. Here in verse 45, the two groups are called evil and good, righteous and unrighteous. And the point here is that if Yahweh loves his enemies by blessing them with sunshine and rain, then we ought to be like Yahweh in our everyday lives. And we ought to bless everyone that we meet with common courtesy, kindness, generosity, a helping hand, a smile, being nice, not being ugly. When I go to the grocery store, I have no clue as to the personal actions of everybody that I bump into. Everybody's scared to death to bump into me now. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. I don't know at the store or at the bank who's a believer and who's an unbeliever. I don't know which people are mean behind closed doors and which people are nice behind closed doors. They're all just there getting something to eat that day or that week. So I'm called by Yahweh to spread a little sunshine every day. Treat everybody with respect. I make my sun shine on the evil and on the good, just like Yahweh. I send my rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous, just like Yahweh. I don't walk around and decide who I'll be nice to and who I won't be nice to by how people look. I treat them all the same way. And that shows forth that I'm a son of Yahweh because Yahweh does that. So if I'm going to imitate my father, that's what I'm going to do as well. Look at verse 46 and 47. Yeshua says, for if you love those who love you, what reward will you have? Don't even the tax collectors do the same. And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing out of the ordinary? Don't even the Gentiles do the same. Brothers and sisters, we don't get a big reward for loving our mama. Everybody loves their mama. You see big old burly athletes on TV getting interviewed after they've won a great game or something like that. And they'll get that microphone. The first thing they say, I love you, mama. I love you, mama. <laughs> Everybody loves their mama. You don't get a reward for saying, I love you to your mama or loving her. You know why? Because it's mama or dad, or grandmama, or granddaddy. When somebody treats me nice, it makes me want to love them. If I have a customer who is respectful to me and kind to me, it drives me to do a good job for them. When my children hug me or tell me they love me, or sometimes they'll get me something because they saw it and it reminded me, it reminded them of me, how can I not love that back? That's easy. 
Sometimes I'll shed a tear. It's easy to love. Well, Yeshua is telling us, you don't get a reward for loving someone who already loves you. That's not hard to do. A sketchy tax collector can do that. Notice how he puts the tax collectors in a bad light. That's because they were often cheats then, just like they're often cheats now. Amen. Amen. <laughs> but he says, even they can love people that love them. A tax collector can do that. A tax collector can be saved too, just like anybody else. Zacchaeus is a great example, right? He said, I'm going to your house today. <laughs> but Zacchaeus, what did he do? He repented. His works showed forth that he was a believer because when Yeshua got through talking to him, he said, I'll give back what I have taken and I'll pay up to four times the amount. And what did Yeshua tell Zacchaeus there? I believe it's in Luke 19. When Zacchaeus told Yeshua he was going to repent with his actions, what did Yeshua tell him? Did he say, you legalists, don't worry about those works. You just need to believe. No, he didn't say that. You know what he said? He told Zacchaeus, he said, today salvation has come to your house. You know why? Because the works of Zacchaeus proved that he was in love with the creator now. Because he had a different relationship with the creator's instructions, with the law of Yahweh. So tax collectors can be saved too. <laughs> Yahweh's in the delivering. But what he's saying here is that anybody, even a tax collector, can love somebody that loves them. Don't stand there with your hand held open expecting some kind of prize to drop out of heaven from Yahweh for doing something that a tax collector can do. And the same thing goes for the greeting. I've drove up to people's houses before to go to work in the morning and they say, good morning. Can I get you some coffee before you start? You ever had that happen, John? Some people I have to knock on the door for a minute or two before they come to the door and you know, wiping their eyes out. Oh, I forgot I called you out here. <laughs> We had an appointment, sir or ma'am, but some people are ready. They say, can I put a pot of coffee on for you? Man, that makes me want to pull out a five and say, you go get you some coffee. <laughs> Why? Because they're nice to me. It makes me want to be nice to them. Where's the reward for that? Why would I get a reward for being nice to somebody that's nice to me? That's easy to do. A Gentile can do that. Gentiles here means a heathen, somebody out of covenant with Yahweh. Some Bible translations say heathen. Yeshua is teaching us that we are called to love those who do not love us. That's where we get the reward. We are called to love those who treat us wrongly. That's when you get the prize. We are called to be nice to people who don't greet us and don't offer us coffee. That's when you get the blessing of Yahweh. That's when we're doing something out of the ordinary. That's when we're really showing that we're children of Yahweh. That's when we get a great reward for doing something that's difficult. Not for doing something that's easy. Just think. Think about this. Yahweh, the Almighty, the Creator, He looks down on the house of an unrighteous person, a person that doesn't acknowledge Him, a person that never reads the Scriptures, a person that doesn't keep any commandments. He looks down on their house he sees all their wickedness and all their sin and he still lets the sun come up over their house. And when they plant a garden, he still sends rain to water their garden. That's the kind of mighty one we serve. And he's calling on you to do the same thing. He's calling on you to love your enemies in this way 
Yahweh is not asking you to do anything that he would not do himself. Then we have our last verse for today, verse 48. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. This is an often misunderstood verse. I need to add this verse to my YouTube playlist on out-of-context verse usage because this one is used out of context by usually people in the Torah community. Um, I remember one time I was riding down the road in my work truck and I heard a couple of guys on the radio who went to a church here in Atlanta. And the name of the church was the perfect church. A few years later, I passed by it in the sign outside the name of the church, the perfect church. And these two fellas on the radio, they said, after they announced the name of the church, they said, I know that may sound strange to our listeners, but the Lord said, be ye therefore perfect, even as your father in heaven is perfect. This is one of those one liners that people have taken out of context. Um, how perfect is Yahweh? Well, he's immortal. That means he can't die. He has no beginning or no ending. He has no capability to sin and he has never done anything wrong. That's a big task for me to be like Yahweh. Big task for you too. This verse is not asking us to be like Yahweh in every respect. That's not the context of the verse. The context of the verse is perfect love. Complete love. Think of the word perfect here as complete, like a completed puzzle or an apple pie that you just baked and you pulled out of the oven. It's fresh. It hasn't been cut. doesn't have any pieces missing. We're called to have perfect love like Yahweh has perfect love as we've just read. What that means is we're called to have love for both our friends and our enemies, both our neighbors and those that don't like us. That's perfect and complete love. Yahweh sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. That's complete love. He doesn't, Yahweh doesn't just love his friends. Yeshua doesn't just love his friends. Yeshua told his disciples, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. So there's a special relationship there. But Yeshua didn't just show kindness and love, sunshine and rain to his friends. He also loved his enemies because he perfectly imitated Yahweh. And when we treat all people with kindness and courtesy, that's being perfect like our father in this context. That's how you can be perfect like your father in heaven. Imperfect would be only loving your friends and not your enemies. Perfect is loving everybody. Now, hold your finger there, if you're following them in your Bible, and turn to Luke chapter 6. Remember how I have taught here that when we read the Gospels, don't just read up and down like in the book of Matthew. Read side to side, meaning... Read Matthew's account, then go to read Mark's account. A lot of times the same account. Read Luke's account, same account, and sometimes John. Sometimes all four of the Gospels will speak of the same account. And you'll get a little bit different flavor because the author is different. The accounts don't contradict each other, but they may add some information that you don't get if you just stay in one Gospel. Well, in Luke chapter 6, Dr. Luke gives us another account of Yeshua's Sermon on the Mount. Same sermon different author. Look what Luke says in Luke 6, verse 35 through 36. This is Yeshua speaking. Luke is recording. Yeshua says, but love your enemies. So we see the parallel. Do what is good and lend, expecting nothing in return. 
That's what Yahweh does, isn't it? He gives people stuff every time. He lets everybody breathe his air for free. <laughs> no matter whether you're wicked or righteous, he lets you breathe his air. He expects nothing in return. Then your reward will be great. And talk about a great reward. This is better than any reward you could get for locking up somebody that's committed a crime. You could get a $10,000, $100,000 reward. This reward right here, I guarantee you, will beat that reward. We have not even seen a glimpse of what Yahweh is going to give his children in the kingdom. It's going to be so beautiful, brothers and sisters. So beautiful. Then your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High. Notice the parallels here from Matthew 5. For he, who is he? That's the Most High. He is gracious to the ungrateful and the evil. How? Two examples, sunshine and rain. I gave you another one. Oxygen is another one. Ungrateful people breathe his oxygen. Evil people get his sunshine. Then look at verse 36, which is a parallel to Matthew 5, 48. Be merciful just as your father also is merciful. The word merciful here in Luke 6, verse 36 is parallel to the word perfect in Matthew 5, verse 48, showing you that being perfect like Yahweh doesn't mean you have to be like Yahweh in every respect. You can't be. You can't be immortal and immutable and incapable of sinning unless we're talking about the resurrection life in the kingdom. Then we'll be incapable of sinning. But we've already messed that up now. We've already sinned. So we're not like Yahweh in that respect. But merciful and perfect are the same thing. Yeshua is telling us to imitate Yahweh in this respect. Not that we have to be on the same level of purity as Yahweh in everything. You'll never be as perfect as Yahweh is. But you can have perfect love like Yahweh in doing good to both your friends and your enemies. I hope you get that. As I close, we don't know what Yahweh has in store for the people that we meet. We don't. Some people who are hell raisers today could be heaven sent tomorrow. Saul of Tarsus is a great example in Acts chapter 9. He had letters in his hand with approval from the authorities to bind, put in prison, and even kill people who believed in the Messiah. And he thought he was doing Yahweh a service. He wasn't looking for Yahweh. He wasn't looking for Yeshua. He wasn't looking for a change of life. He didn't go down to an altar and say a sinner's prayer. But he got knocked down on the road to Damascus. And his whole life changed. Somebody that's a hell raiser today can be heaven, a heaven raiser <laughs> tomorrow. Yahweh could convert your enemy. Yahweh could use your example to convert your enemy. On the other hand, Yahweh might restrain your enemy's actions through your love. Yahweh might in some cases remove your enemy. That's ultimately up to him. We are just called to love, to serve our community, and to do good to everyone as we're able. This way, when people talk about us, and if you haven't learned that people talk about us here at this congregation, you need to know people do. But when people talk about us, they will only be able to say, well, you know that Brother Matthew or that Ron Myers, or that Frank Bowen, they've got some strange beliefs, but they sure are kind to us. I'll never forget me and Brother Arnold, my father-in-law. We used to go every year to something called a unity conference where a bunch of brothers in the faith would 
share presentations that people disagreed on and try to come to unity on. And uh, we were there one year presenting the Sabbath regulated by the moon. You can imagine how well that went over. But Brother Arnold and I, by Yahweh's mercy, and because of the favor that he has shown to us, I say that in all humility, we presented it in kindness. We just lay the facts out there. We got through, and the pastor's wife, this is a Yahweh assembly now, one of the pastors uh, that were there, his wife came up to us, and she was in tears at the end of the conference, the three-day conference, and we were singing that song, Till We Meet, Till We Meet. And a lot of people were crying, and I was sitting there singing, and she came up to us, and me and Brother Arnold were standing right there, and she looked at us, and tears were rolling down her cheeks. And she said, we may not agree with you brothers on the calendar, but y'all sure did show us a lot of love this, these three days. <laughs> and I gave her a hug, and I think Brother Arnold hugged her and said, it's all right, sister, you'll come around. <laughs> but he said it in that nice voice that he has, you know, and, those are some great memories with my father-in-law. But people will talk about you and they'll say you got some strange beliefs and we are a peculiar people, right? We're different. Sometimes I forget how different I am. I still catch people looking at me in my tunic and wondering, what is this guy? You know, who's this guy right here? Because um, I just think I'm normal. I feel like I'm normal. But, but don't give people the opportunity to say they're not kind to us. Let them stop at saying they got some strange beliefs and make them say, but they sure are loving people. They sure did help us out when we needed help. They prayed for us when I asked them to pray. They gave us a helping hand when we needed help. No matter how strange we seem to the world, if we practice what this text tells us to practice, people will come to you when they need you. Whether they're a sinner on the run or even an atheist in unbelief. People will know that you are different because of the love that you show to people that you meet when you spread your sunshine and rain in the world. If we are faithful with people in the small things of everyday life, they will trust us with the big things of the afterlife. They will. You'll be the one that they come to and call when they need help. Or when they're going through the valley and seeking repentance, they'll dial your number or they'll send you a text. Why? Not because you beat them over the head with your spiritual hammer from Leviticus, but because you were just a friend and you were kind. A lot of times we need to just wait until the soil of a person's heart has been plowed with kindness. A lot of times we try to plant seeds, but we've done no plowing. We've not plowed with niceness and kindness and humility and love and help. That's how we plow. That's how Yahweh plows. Love your enemies, brothers and sisters. If you want a great reward, love those who don't love you back. It's not a popular message to the flesh, but it is a biblical message. I pray it's been a blessing to you. Yahweh, help us love. Help us love you. And help us to do what you said. Hallelujah.